We heard St. Paul encourages us earlier, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Amen. My dear Christian friends, there was no spark of life in him. There was no flicker of joy in his heart. Life had become a mere existence. Life had no hold on him anymore. He had lost track of how many sleepless nights he had spent on his mattress, if you could call it that. All of the days and nights of sleeplessness and darkness and being in isolation, they all just ran together. There were no thoughts of trying to escape anymore. He had lost hope. This is the kind of situation that you find in action movies. And yet it is something that few of us, probably none of us have ever experienced of being the prisoner of an enemy so awful that he will not let us go. He will not let us see sunlight. An enemy who will not allow us any kind of sunlight who has kept us trapped in the dungeon of his despair. These are the feelings of a prisoner of a brutal war. He is a physical prisoner, but his physical imprisonment often makes it feel like he is also emotionally trapped. And that's probably where some of us are that we are emotionally imprisoned. But that emotional imprisonment can make us feel like we are physically trapped. The woman who feels imprisoned by her depression and can't get out of bed in the morning. The man who feels trapped by his anxiety and he is afraid to go anywhere or do anything. The mother who is shackled by her guilt that she has carried from little on, from the abuse she endured as a child. The husband who is held captive by his addictions and he is terrified that what he has done has come, will come to light and then his life will be ruined. The aged saint who is confined to the wheelchair or the hospital bed, or the nursing home, or the hospice care center, just waiting to die. These people feel real guilt, a deep depression, a genuine imprisonment. It is a life without hope. Escape is out of the question. It seems so dark, so depressing, so helpless. This is the way that many in our culture field. It may be the way that many of us feel. And I'm sure it's probably the way that many of the children of Israel felt as they were in Babylonian captivity. They were physical prisoners, but I'm sure they were also emotional and spiritual prisoners. But in that imprisonment, God sends his prophet Isaiah to preach that freedom is coming. Not in a valiant attempt at self-improvement, but freedom that would come in a person. Isaiah writes, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the afflicted. Who's speaking in these verses? Whom has the Lord anointed to preach good news to those who are afflicted? Isaiah gives the clue to this speaker many times in the preceding verses. 
He's called by many different names. He is the root of Jesse, the wonderful counselor, the prince of peace, the suffering servant. This is the promised Messiah, the Christ, Jesus speaking 700 years before he is born. When Jesus attended the synagogue in Nazareth, he was handed the scroll of Isaiah. He enrolled it to this verse. He read it, rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the synagogue attendant, and then sat down. And then he said, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus identifies himself as the fulfillment of these prophecies. And there's so much good news that is packed in these verses. So we're going to unpack them line by line. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. This is the mystery of the unity of the Trinity. That the Lord God is sending his Son on a mission and he is anointed by the Holy Spirit. The Father appoints the Son who is anointed by the Spirit that all three persons of our triune God are involved in our salvation in freeing us from our from the shackles of our sin. This is good news that we need to hear. Good news that we need to hear because you know, you know that you have not been the most attentive spouse. You, your work has consumed you. Your children have consumed your spouse. There have been fractures that have been growing in your marriage and now the big D word has been spoken out loud. And you're heartbroken. You're caught in a web of guilt. And the more you struggle to free yourself, the more trapped you become. You are bound by your guilt. You are imprisoned by your past sins. You are controlled by the mistakes of others. You cannot escape the consequences of your failures. You used to speak to your mom regularly. She was your confidant. She was your cheerleader. But ever since cancer has taken her from you, you've lost your best friend. You are in mourning. But the Lord has anointed his servant, his son, Jesus, to preach good news and tell you something that you would never have guessed on your own. Jesus tells you God's mind. He is going to preach freedom. Not political freedom, not financial freedom. It can be emotional freedom and it can be physical freedom. But that freedom comes only after the real freedom that Christ brings. This is a freedom that Christ preaches. He sent, sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release for those who are bound to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance for our God, to comfort all who mourn. Jesus preaches freedom, but he does more than just preach. On the cross, Jesus put himself in the dark dungeon of humanity's sins so that all of humanity would have the opportunity to see the light of his salvation. Jesus doesn't just talk about freedom he sets us free. And now you are fully and eternally free from all of the punishment of your sins. Jesus signed the pardon papers with his blood. 
He put his seal on those papers when he broke the seal of his grave on Easter morning. He broke you free from the shackles of your sin. He released you from the guilt that imprisoned you. He gave you hope that as you face the very real terror of an inevitable death, you have been chained and shackled and been kept down by your guilt and sin and fear and death and yet now you've been set free because Jesus has defeated your enemies of sin, death and Satan. You are no longer a prisoner. You are perfect and you are perfectly free as a child of God. The darkness of death that haunts the dreams of so many in our world that doesn't haunt your dreams anymore. And that's because you know that when you die, your death is nothing more than a sleep. A sleep from which Christ will awaken you in his mansions of heaven. Jesus was appointed and anointed to go on a rescue mission into this world. And through the crib and through the cross, he has preached that the mission is accomplished. You have been set free. And now you are able to live in this world in peace and hope. You can live that way now because you know that you have the assurance of eternal salvation awaiting for you with your Savior. So right now, Jesus bandages your broken heart with the soothing message of his forgiveness. He releases you who were once bound in the hopeless dungeon of your depravity. He breaks the bondage of Satan's controlling influence on your life. He brings resurrection comfort when you mourn the death of a Christian loved one. He proclaims the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. The year of our Lord's favor was the year of jubilee, celebrated every 50 years among the Jewish people. That in that year of jubilee, all slaves were set free. The debts were forgiven and any land that had been sold was reverted back to the original family. And so you can imagine how excited people were, were when the year of Jubilee rolled around as these slaves were set free, as the debts were now canceled, that those who had sold their family farm in order to make ends meet now were able to keep that land back in the family again. And if they were that excited for a physical year of Jubilee, imagine how excited you and I are with the spiritual year of Jubilee because we were once spiritual slaves and debtors to the devil. And yet in contrast to such good news, God threatens a day of vengeance on that day of judgment. There will be those on Jesus' right to whom Jesus will say, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you since the foundation of the world. But there will also be those on Jesus' left who will hear him say, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire which is prepared for the devil and his angels. In the next few verses, the Holy Spirit sets up a number of contrasts that bring joy to our believing hearts to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, 
a cloak of praise instead of a faint spirit, so that they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord to display his beauty. So on the one side, there will be mourning, grieving, ashes, and despair. But on the other side will be a crown of beauty, comfort, the oil of gladness, and a garment of praise. And believers then are planted like acorns that will grow up into be oaks of righteousness, that we are clothed in garments of salvation, that we are clothed in the cloak of Christ's righteousness. And people will notice these huge trees. They'll notice these beautiful clothing. People notice you when your mourning is turned to joy. They notice when your despair is changed into confidence. They notice when your marriage is struggling, but they also notice when you are working on your marriage. They notice when there is dysfunction in your family, but they also notice when you are bound together in Christian love. They notice how you handle it when your spouse is dying and they see you get up every day with a resurrection confidence. They can see it in your face when you are weighed down with guilt and pain of your own mistakes or the ugliness that other sins put on you and yet you wake up every morning and you appear to them with that beauty that Christ gives you in his forgiveness. They notice when other people call you a hypocrite in public, and yet you publicly go right back at them, telling them that you don't care about appearing righteous in anyone else's eyes because you have already been made righteous in God's eyes. Fellow saints, the Lord sees it when when your tears are streaming down your cheeks, when your life appears colorless and drab because of your sins. But he has given you an alternative, the good news of love in Christ. You have permission to feel broken. It's okay to feel like you are trapped in your heart or imprisoned by your emotions. You don't always have to pretend like you're happy. But instead, find comfort. You find real comfort for your real hurts in the very real Jesus. Jesus comes to preach good news when you're down. Good news to comfort you when you mourn. Good news to bind your emotional wounds. Good news to display your beauty when you feel ugly. And all this good news comes through the preaching of Jesus. Preaching about the real rescuing of Jesus from your sins. He comes to free you. Amen.